Good morning, Springbrook. Hey, it's great to have you here. When I'm in the community, I'll talk about Springbrook, and people say, well, where is it at? And I say, well, it's right across from Tom's Market. And many don't know where it is. <laughs> they haven't looked at our church, even though they probably drove and uh, driven down Algonquin Road. But some say, oh, that church, oh, that's a beautiful church. That's a big church. And we said, uh, I just respond, I say, thank you, God has blessed us. God has blessed us with a wonderful building and a great location. But our church belongs to God, right? It doesn't belong to us. It's entrusted to us in order to use uh, to build disciples. I want to talk to uh, Mark and Sherry, you're right here. Uh, Tell us, uh, tell me about your house. <laughs> How long have you owned your house? Go ahead. Um, How long have we been in the house? Yeah, about 21 years. 21 years, mm-hmm. okay. How many bedrooms? Four. Four bedrooms. Four bedrooms, all right. And uh, what's your favorite part of the house? Well, I can't say the bathroom, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's just go with the family room. The f- Family room. That sounds good. Well, you realize that it's not your house, right? Right. It's God's house. Amen. He's entrusted it uh, to you. One more question. Is, your, is God's house clean today? <laughs> Define clean. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank you, guys. All right. Let's see. Michael Turney. Uh, let's see. Uh, tell us about the car you drive. What car do you drive? I, I drive a 2013 Ford Focus okay. hatchback. All right. How long have you had the car? Uh, one year. One year? Yes. All right. About a yes. use. And uh, going well? I mean, yeah. Drives no great. No problems? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gas mileage? Great gas mileage. What's 33. The number? What's the VIN number? You got me on that. You don't know the VIN number? I do not. Not I mean, like fan. Everybody knows the VIN number, right? Man. What's your social security number then? Uh, hmm. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. <laughs> All right. Let's see who we have here. People get really nervous when I come out here. I know. We'll go to John Pushbarage, one of our elders. Johnny, uh, tell us about your smartphone. What kind of smartphone do you have? It's a Samsung S8. All right. It's not going to explode or anything, is it? Nope. It's Burn been up? tested. Okay. All right. And uh, you use your smartphone a lot? Yes, I do. Ten hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> hours a day, right? Yeah. Whenever I call John, I ask him, where are you at in the world? Uh, he has a uh, business where he works over in Israel a lot. Mm-hmm. So sometimes he's in Israel, some holy site. You know, oh, that's wonderful, John. Thanks for telling me. <laughs> <laughs> Now, what's your favorite app on your phone? Email. Okay, I want you to think a little, little more clearly. Okay. What's your favorite app? The Bible app. No, 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 that's not it. What's your favorite app? The Springbrook app. Yes, and you got it, man. Congratulations. All right. Oh, the Springbrook app is great. You can... You know, check out what's going on, check the calendar, get information, online giving, all that kind of stuff. So I'm really glad you answered that way. All right. Well, friends.
God owns everything. And we forget that. Now, I forget that so easily. And I've taught this material for many years, these biblical truths. But He does own everything. And when we understand that, that revolutionizes our lives. Last week we talked about some bright ideas to be smart, spend carefully, to be wise, save regularly, and to be genius, give extravagantly. Now that third one doesn't make sense to us sometimes. It's like, no, the idea is that I get more and more things. No, the key is that you give extravagantly. I don't know why I'm using this. i got two mics. Somebody should have told me. All right. <laughs> yeah, uh, the whole idea is that uh, you give extravagantly. You give yourself away. We're in a series on generosity here. And that is where we need to grow as Christ followers. Because if we don't, we're just going to be consumed by our own selfishness. But we've got to give ourselves away. Really funny, yesterday <laughs> I was at my house and I was expecting someone else, but I looked out and, and there was this big, big guy getting out of the car. I'm thinking, where, where's he coming from? Who is he? What does he want? You know? And so he comes up and he comes to the door and he's got a McDonald's orange juice and he has a blue bag. All right? So he gives me the orange juice. And then he opens the bag and he takes out whatever's in the McDonald's bag and say, here you go. And I'm thinking, hey, I would never order from McDonald's. <laughs> First time it's ever happened. A McDonald's person come to my door, of all things. And uh, so he looks at his phone and says, well, this is your address. I said, yes, that is my address. But, I, you know, Lori, did you order McDonald's? <laughs> so finally... Uh, I had some fun with Edwin, uh, so I said, "Can I get your picture?" I guess it's a very unique memory of my life, and uh, so yeah, he did that. And uh, then, then while he was talking to me, someone called him and said, "You're at the wrong house." <laughs> when it really it said on his smartphone that it was my address. Uh, but you know, I, I thought all of a sudden it popped in my mind. Okay, I'm teaching about generosity. And I told everybody to be generous this week, and I haven't done it. So I gave him uh, a tip uh, for just stopping by. <laughs> it's fun to give, isn't it? When you get that rush, that adrenaline. It's wonderful to be able to bless other people. And that's the nature of our series that we're going through. Uh, today, generosity, the gateway to intimacy with God. And, and this is why we spend time on this series, because the more generous you are with God's resources, the more God is going to bless you. And you're going to get so much joy out of giving things away. Our natural desire is to you know, hoard and stock up and say, I need all these things. But when you start to understand that you are managing God's resources, you want to start giving yourself away. You are God's resource manager. You are God's time manager. Your time and energy are very important. There are so many places where you can put it, but the first question is, where does God want me to put it? You are God's talent manager. Uh, Your skills, 
your abilities, all the things that you can do, those are all things that have been given by God. And you say, how can I use them for God? You are God's treasure manager, which means everything you have financially, your house, your car, whatever possessions you have, they all belong to God. And He's entrusted them to you for a certain purpose. Psalm 24.1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. What's he saying? He's saying everything belongs to God. Haggai 2.8, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. Now, some people will be thinking, well, I know that God gives people resources. But I want to take a little credit here. I have worked really hard. I've gone many years uh, to school. Uh, I have really taken those resources and I have really built a great life, a great career, a great family. Now, some people don't do that. Well, you read this verse. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth. So get off your high horse and thank the Holy God that He has blessed you in such incredible ways. Because again, He gives you everything. Even the breath that you're breathing right now is a gift from God. So if you have been blessed, if you've done well in certain areas, and well, that's awesome. Give God the credit, not yourself. And it even goes beyond that, verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God? You are not your own. God owns you. Right? If you're a Christ follower. For you were brought with a price to glorify God and your body. So when we really dig into Scripture, we find that if we're a Christ follower, all of our body belongs to Him. And we are here on earth to glorify Him. To love Him. To, again, Use the resources that he's entrusted to us. I got some new sunglasses. Uh, well, not sunglasses, but regular glasses from Bill Beck Atkinson. And they transition. So it's really funny. The first time I put them on, I came into the office, and everybody looked at me kind of weird. I'm like, why do you have sunglasses on? I had to think for a second. It looked normal to me. Oh, they're transition lenses. I wish there was a way that God could take our glasses and, and rig them in such a way that when we put on our glasses, we would see through God's view how God sees the world, how God sees my life, how God sees all my resources. And so whenever we would look out, we say, oh, I've got all these resources that God has given me, and I want to be generous. I want to Give stuff away in order that my heart will be closer to God. God's sunglasses, all I know, all that I am, and all I have belongs to God. That's in your notes. And this doesn't happen overnight, right? It's a slow process as God matures you. 
But it's great to get together and talk about these biblical principles because the Holy Spirit will use God's Word in your life. My prayer for myself and you is that we would all become more generous. Joseph, the guy with the amazing <laughs> color dream coat, he, of course, was sold into slavery by his brothers, and he ended up in Potiphar's house. Potiphar was very wealthy, and Joseph was just a, a house slave. But it says, now, his master, Potiphar, saw that the Lord was with him and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. So, he had Joseph there in the house, and he was just amazed at how he managed things, how he got things done, how responsible with he, he was with, with his resources. So, he says, listen, you're going to run my business. <laughs> I don't need to run my business. You're much more gifted than me. I mean, you're over everything. You're over the whole uh, farm and uh, the, uh, the huge estate that I have, and you're over all the workers and the slaves, and you you take everything. Wow. That's something else, isn't it? And that's what God tells us. You have resources, time, talent, skills, and abilities, and treasure, stuff, financial resources, and I'm going to entrust it to you to use for my glory. Whenever I'm driving a vehicle that I do not own, I am much more careful <laughs> in the way I drive, in the way I take care of it, because it's somebody else. And I know if I mess it up, they're not going to be happy. <laughs> I'm not saying God is judging us, but the point is that we have heavenly resources entrusted to us, and we need to say, God, speak to my heart and my life. Show me how you want me to creatively share my resources. Help the McDonald's man to come to my house so I can give him a tip. <laughs> Verse 4, So Joseph found favor in his sight and became his personal servant, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he owned he put in his charge. The story of Joseph is such an amazing one. I mean, they put him in prison because Potiphar's wife falsely accused him. Uh, and he became the director of the prison. <laughs> this guy is great. Why don't you just take care of the whole prison here? You know, Just run the place because you certainly know how to administrate things and lead things and get things done. Psalm 90.12, so teach us to number our day so we may get a heart of wisdom. I love Pastor Richie. He always talks about numbering his days. In fact, I think he's up to 80, so he, you know, he knows exactly how many days he has left until he turns 80. And that is really wise to do. When we number our days, when we say our time is important, we get a heart of wisdom. Because, again, we see life through God's viewpoint. We need to be generous with our time. Generous with our time. You know, we have a need for maybe 25 people back in our kids' city ministry. And how many of you are willing to say, I'm going to be generous with my time, and I'm going to serve there once or, or twice a month, and you can stay 
the whole morning and come to a service. I know children sometimes complicate that. But you can. And you say, well, that's a lot of time. Well, yeah, you're being generous with your time, right? You want to worship and you want to serve. We had our prayer gathering yesterday, and I always find those so encouraging. About 27 people there over three hours, and we had a great time praying to God that God would strengthen our ministry, that God would show up in a special way this year, that He would just give us people, bring people into our church or seekers or uh, new believers or mature believers, leaders, servants, people who are generous with money. We are asking God to do that because that is what we have been led to do. And it just concerned me a little bit. You know, we have maybe 400 adults, 10 Springbrook, you know, at least twice a month. I'm thinking 27 people and 400 adults. You know, we need to continue to grow to be a people of prayer. And I know Saturday is a tough day for a lot of people. You already have commitments. You're working, whatever. But I'm thinking we have got to step forward. If we want to see God work, we have to be generous with our time, especially in our ministry here at Springbrook. Those of you who call Springbrook your home, this year is a day to step up, to step up and use those things that God has given you. Luke 16, 1. Now, we're going to go into a parable. A third of the parables that Jesus taught were about managing your resources. And why does he talk about it so much? Because he knows that our heart follows where our resources go. And he wants more than anything to have a close relationship with him. So if we're being generous with his time, talent, and a treasure, we're going to be closer to him. And that's the genius of generosity. Don't you want to be closer to God? Don't you want to feel like God feels and, and just have a desire, desires that God has? Well, it starts with your heart and giving it all away. Now, this particular parable is a little hard to understand, so uh, try to keep up with me and I'll try to make it as clear as possible. So Jesus also said to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager, just like Joseph, right? He was managing uh, the man's affairs. And charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. Some of you are employers, and uh, you're very obviously well aware of what your employees are doing and making sure that they're fulfilling the job description that you have given them and not wasting their time on the computer. Uh, Luke 16, 2. So he called them in and ask them, what is that I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. Listen, bud, you're out of here. you got two weeks. And what I want you to do is to wrap things up, and I never want to see your face again. That's what's happening here. So the guy thinks, and the manager said to himself, what shall I do since my master's taking the management away from me? I am not strong enough to dig. Now, he's thinking, what else could I do but manage a house? I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. Now, he might have felt that way, but he probably didn't want to do those things. I decided what to do. So here's the third option that he's going to go with. 
So that when I am removed from management at this house, when I lose my job, people may receive me into their houses. So I'm going to do something that's going to make other people want to hire me as soon as I lose this job. So summoning his master's debtors, one by one, he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? So he's one by one, there's a lot of debtors, wealthy man, and so they borrow resources uh, from him. Uh, he said, this debtor, a hundred measures of oil. And he said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. <laughs> How you like that, huh? Wouldn't you like to have that kind of offer? Your bank calls you, hey, we're having a customer appreciation day. If you could call in, we'd like to uh, pay off half your debt. <laughs> or have your, your credit card debt. You know, slashed in half. Whatever your debt might be, I mean, that would be so joyous. But why is this guy doing it? Because when he gets out, he wants to cash in some chips and say, look how much money, resources uh, that I, I gave to you and saved you. And, and hey, can I come in and work at your, your house? Can I be your manager? And, of course, they're likely to say yes because he saved an incredible amount of money. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. Now, we're talking $100,000, I mean, years of debt. Uh, and he said to him, take your bill and write 80. So a 20% discount. Now, here's where it really gets confusing. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. Whoa, whoa wait. <laughs> this guy was ripping this guy off, right? Uh, and here he commends him. Now, again, he realized he's a dishonest manager. But his shrewdness, which means wisdom, ability, and just a smart way of going about things. For the sons of this world, and that is non-believers, okay, are more shrewd and more careful in the way that deal with money and dealing with their own generation with financial resources than the sons of light. He says, look around you. I mean, people who don't know me manage their resources better. They're driven to, to make more money. And Jesus Christ is saying, you need to be shrewd because they're not your resources they're my resources. Now, he's not saying go out and do a dishonest thing. Those of you who work in business know how much dishonesty there is, how many lies are told, and how many corners people cut. In fact, some of you have quit your job because you just can't serve with integrity in that way. Yeah. And I tell you, Jesus Christ says, make friends for yourselves by means of un righteous wealth, so that it fails that they may receive you into the eternal dwelling. It's a little confusing. When he says unrighteous wealth, what is he talking about? He's talking about wealth that you have here on earth that is temporary. It's only with you for a short time. And it's going to fail you so that when it fails, the resources you have on this earth, you may receive you into the eternal dwellings. So again, it's this principle that we are not to store up treasures here on earth trying to buy security, uh, buy 
different things that, that we value, but we are to treasure, or we are to uh, put our treasures in heaven, send our treasures to heaven, where again, there's a bank account where nobody can touch it, nobody can steal it, it can't be destroyed in any way, it's in heaven. That's where we need to put our treasures. Verse 10, he who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. So Christ is saying, if you're faithful in handling material wealth on this earth, what I've entrusted to you, I am going to bless you throughout your life and into eternity. And he was unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous mammon, that's the temporary wealth, and that's the word for money, who will entrust the true riches to you? So Christ is saying, if you are not generous with the time, talent, and treasure that I am giving you, well, you're not going to deserve in heaven how I want to bless you. And it's very interesting. There's a rewards theology in Scripture. God knows how we're motivated. And he says, if you do this, you'll be rewarded. Store your, your treasures in heaven. Well, why should I store my treasures in heaven? Because God is the person you want to invest your money in. He's perfect. He's holy. He's going to be around for eternity. What better place to put your resources, right? And he says, invest in that. And we don't know what that looks like. Heaven is going to be a wonderful place. It'll be very similar to earth without the sin. And it's just going to be exciting. Every day is going to be more exciting than the day before, the Bible says. So many times when people think, store treasures in heaven, well, what does that mean? I'll have bigger wings? No, no, you're not going to be an angel, right? <laughs> One of the guys, Paul Racino, uh, came up to me after, uh, well, came to me before the 9 o'clock service and, and shared this joke with me that I thought was pretty good. Uh, he said that uh, a very wealthy man uh, dies and, and goes to heaven and talks to St. Peter. And that's not true, okay? <laughs> You don't die and talk to St. Peter. You're welcomed into the kingdom. But St. Peter said, I want to show you where your house is. And so they start walking in this area. I mean, these unbelievable mansions. Have you ever looked at a house and just, I mean, like some of the celebrities, you know, view from the sky, and it's just a plantation. It's just extravagant in every way. Well, that's the houses they were going through. And he said, that's your butler's house. And you're saying, my butler's house? Really? Wow. <laughs> I guess it's just going to be a step up, several steps up for myself. So they kept walking, and, and the mansion started to get smaller, and, and the houses started to come, and it just didn't seem like the same type of neighborhood and they finally came up to this shack, this shack. And Peter says, this is your home. And the wealthy guy says, wait a second. Didn't you know what I had on earth? And why is this? And, and St. Peter said, we worked with what we gave you, or what you gave us, that is. We worked with what you gave us. That's a laughter point. 
right? He didn't spend a lot of money, so all I could do was a little chat. I don't know. That went dead. But at the point, <laughs> and we don't have mansions in heaven. It just says we have rooms, okay? So don't be looking for a fancy mansion when you, you move up there. But the point is, is that when we invest our resources in heaven, when we store our resources in heaven, again, I don't know what it means. It could mean that you have more responsibility in the new kingdom. It could mean that uh, you have a greater capacity to worship God. I don't know. But all I know is that it's really, really good. And you just have to trust God as you entrust uh, your treasures uh, to him. Jesus Christ says, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, we looked at this verse last week. And what we said was, you do not, <laughs> you can't play both sides. You can't have one foot uh, honoring God and treating him as your master and then also serving the world. Uh, the world is your master. How many of you ever worked in a, a situation where you had two supervisors, two bosses, whatever, and they told you to do opposite things? They didn't communicate at all, and you were so frustrated because I can't do all this stuff. Anybody had that experience? Yeah, that, that's incredibly frustrating. It's say somebody. Who's, who's really in charge here? And that's why some of you are so frustrated in life. Because you tend to be, uh, possibly, uh, in the wrong place. Right? You're generous toward yourself. Uh, you're a lover of money. You know, we all can fall into that trap. But we always want to justify it and say, oh, but really, I'm about, you know, I don't know. 40% here and 60% here. No, you can't. you got to be in one camp or the other. Now, of course, you're not going to be perfect. But you've got to make a choice on a daily basis. Who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve money and all the things that it brings? Or are you going to serve Jesus Christ? Who would you rather be a slave of? Money? Or Jesus Christ? Well, I think Jesus Christ is the right answer, right? But it's really hard for us to let go. It's really hard for us to, again, give our resources away in different ways uh, because we have this need for security. And so we start to, start to hoard and stockpile all the things that we think we need to prepare for the future. And I, I hear that all the time. Different Christ followers tell me, I'm just preparing for the future. I had this one guy uh, who was wealthy. And again, through different avenues, we talk and things like that. And he told us he, he didn't give anything to the church. And I said, why don't you give money to God's church? You know, I mean, he's a part of our church. And that's what you're supposed to do. I mean, in regards to whatever God leads you to give. And he says, well, I'm preparing for the future. And it burdened me so much. Yeah, they finally left our church. But uh, we can make all kinds of excuses. 
why we can't give to God, why we can't give our time to Him, our skills and abilities and our treasure, the things we own and our finances. Uh, yeah, it's easy to make excuses because it's so easy to go toward being a lover of money because that's what the world says. You should be a lover of money. And we need to say, no, that's not what God says. God says, I've entrusted all these things to you. Follow me. Come close to me and I will show you how you can give your life away. Let's talk about the path to generosity. The first thing is to know God's purpose for you. Why am I on this earth? Where should I invest my resources? What does God want to do? Well, first of all, the Great Commission. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations. And that's what we've been focusing on for the last couple of years is how can we make disciples? And that's why we have the different classes going on. That's why we have the triads meeting. We have 16 triads meeting uh, throughout our church, a group of three or four people, just studying the Word of God, being disciples. Well, that's exciting. And so, when you give, first of all, you give to the place where you are a part of the family. So whatever church you might be a part of, you always give to the church first. That's seen in Scripture. That's God's storehouse. Uh, Again, in in regards to how much you give, you need to let God guide you. Uh, you I believe in the principle of the tithe or 10%, but really, that's just a good place to start, right? I mean, the Israelites gave 10 They really gave like 24.5% over the period of a year. But 10% is a place to start if that was kind of like the low end of what they gave. Because God has been so much more good to us through the gift of Jesus Christ and His salvation. So I just want you to think about it and take to your uh, time alone with God, your tag time, and just ask the Lord, you know, how do you want me to use your resources? And, and just journal and, and think about it and talk together as a couple of your married and say, you know, what does God want us to do? How much faith do we have? Do we have faith enough to, to give 6% or 8%? Or do we have the faith to give 11 or 12 or 13? The idea is you continue to grow in giving throughout your life. You continue to give more and more. And again, I know this is a difficult subject uh, because our money is very important to us. And you know what? It's even more important to God because He wants your heart. He doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. He wants to know that you value Him so much that you are willing to be a wonderful steward or manager and to give beyond what you even think you can give if the Lord leads you that way. That is when your heart grows closer to God as you give yourself away to Him. Another thing is building up the body of Christ as we're doing here at Springbrook and helping the needy. We're going to give you an opportunity at the end of the service uh, to hear about a wonderful ministry uh, where needy people, uh, their needs are being met and we have Two volunteers working in that ministry that come to Springbrook. And again, they're generous with their time, so they're giving that to another ministry, and we support that ministry, and that's the way it should be. The next question to examine your giving Do I give off the top of my income? Well, 
You've got to ask yourself, who's blessed me? Did Chase bless me? Did they say, you know, we care about you so much here at Chase, and we just want to help you to have the freedom to be able to spend money whenever you want. And, and <laughs> of course not, right? They're out to steal money from you. When we fall into debt, and we're calling whatever credit card, whatever it might be, and uh, yeah, we don't want to serve Chase or Visa. We want to serve God. So where does our first gift go? Well, the Bible's very clear about that. We honor God with the first portion of our income, whatever He leads us to give. So you pay God first. You know, I just auto debit out of my account. I mean, I don't even see the money because I know that that is the first step of stewardship. Am I keeping a careful accounting of the owner's funds? That's a question to ask. And again, that's like putting the, the sunglasses on. You see your money in a different way. It's not my money to spend. It's God's money, His treasure, His talent, His time. They're all God's. So I'm asking God to strengthen me and to give me the faith in order to move forward with generosity because I love Him so much. And you need to put a budget together. The majority of people in the United States do not have a budget. Okay, now, any of you have budgets, I'm sure. But if for whatever reason you're one of those people, a great way to start out in building uh, a philosophy of generosity is just writing down everything you spend in a month. You know, it's going to Thornton's for coffee, you know, a dollar or one there, whatever. And you just take everything down, and at the end of the month, you put it in categories. And there you have your framework for a budget. And what you'll see is, I didn't know I was spending that much on coffee. <laughs> I didn't know I was spending that much on, you know, uh, things on the Internet, in terms of videos, movies, whatever. It really will open your eyes. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be careful stewards of what He's given us. The next thing is, am I becoming best friends with the owner? Here's the thing you really need to understand. I know people say, oh, the church just wants our money. Well, God put that together in that way. But what God really wants is He wants your heart because your heart follows your resources. Your heart is where whatever you might be worshiping as we talked about last week. And we have to Continue to repent, God, I'm sorry that I've given my heart over to this one thing and put my hope in that instead of putting my hope in you. So when you give to God, time, talent, treasure, when you ask God to change you and help, uh, ask Him to help you to see life through His eyes and His resources, you're going to grow. And again, the more you give yourself away, the more joyful you're going to be. You just have to trust me. We've had so many people who could testify to that. Well, let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this time of studying your word. And, yeah, it's hard because this is one of the most difficult areas of our lives. Uh, it just 
tells us a lot about how we think and, and what really belongs to you. Everything belongs to you. So I just pray for my friends here. I pray for myself that we would continue to consider how to move down our discipleship pathway. And give us more insight in the fact that you own everything and we're just managers of it. We're just stewards of it. Spending it in the way we feel we should spend it. In Christ's name, amen.